We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you after game one of the Western Conference Finals. It's about 1030 on May 18th. Dallas Mavericks just got kind of waxed by the Golden State Warriors, 112 to 87. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing okay. Um, I guess the Mavericks are never playing a clutch game for the rest of the season, huh? Yeah, it's been a, I mean, long it's, time. It's been a while. <laughs> um, boy, that was... I don't know that this was this is a weird game in the sense that I kind of was bracing for the Mavericks to lose game one. I think you shared that shared a Dalton stat about how teams playing in game one after winning a game seven are like thirty two and fifty all time or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's it's kind of an emotional letdown. It's you know the Mavs looked. I don't know. I, we we you and I both took some grief for this, but like we watch a lot of basketball and not only do we watch a lot of basketball, we watch a lot of basketball repeatedly. The, the Dallas body language in this game was one of a tired team really quickly into the first quarter. Yeah, I agree. Um, lots of slump shoulders, shrugs, mm-hmm. um, not getting back in transition. Um, feel like a little bit of some flat, flat footedness in a lot of ways. Uh, but genuine State. surprise uh, at yeah. a lot of stuff <laughs> and i think that's somewhat to be expected i think two days is not enough to game plan and try to simulate what it's like to guard Golden state when they're playing at their mm-hmm. highest level and the way Golden state plays is just it's so different than utah and phoenix it's so like i think i, I can't remember if i wrote this in this in the series preview or or predictions but i always felt like the opening game was going to be like some like a system shock to the Mavericks because it is just they were so honed in on their defensive game plans against Utah and against Phoenix that this is just another animal and uh, it showed in a lot of different ways tonight. Yeah, and 
I'm curious as to to sort of how to talk about this game because I feel, <laughs> you know, obviously offense and defense are, are really connected. And I felt, and I kind of want to talk about the offense first, and then we can talk about the defense. I felt in the first quarter the Mavericks had really good process, only no one could hit a shot. They took 15 threes in the first quarter. They hit three of them. And <laughs> most of the threes that they took were open. And Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, guys, sorry, conference finals, got to hit your threes. And when the Mavericks just couldn't hit, and you could start to see Luka get kind of, Luka was getting, Luka got played really physically tonight. And I don't think he he was, you know, or I don't think there were any any calls that I thought he should have gotten, et cetera. It's just, you know, he, he plays a physical brand of basketball. He's going to dish it out. He's going to have to take it in some respects. He got gashed across the face. And then I thought he started kind of got getting some makeup calls for the refs missing that one, but he was making the right read early. And then the warriors warriors closing hard on threes. And then it just, everything kind of came to a grinding halt for the offense because when the threes stopped falling, Luca, I think looked to press a little more. And then when Luca pressed a little more, Kevon Looney or someone would help Wiggins on the drives. And then you have Draymond Green kind of lurking. I mean, the man had six second half turnovers, meaning Luka Doncic, um, to only two points. And I think that that's him pressing because no one else in the offense, other than maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, really stepped up. And am, am I that that was kind of my key takeaway. Just the offense got progressively harder because everybody's assholes tightened up. Yeah, no, I think that's that's pretty accurate. And even then, um, the Mavericks shot 48 three-pointers this game, and they made 23% of them. They were 11 of 48 from three. And like you said, they were getting good looks. And, I mean, even in the second half, I thought some of the looks weren't too bad. Uh, but, you know, definitely there was a point where it felt like the missed shots broke not just Luka. And I know I'm getting – Apparently, you know, I got killed for it on Twitter by a couple of people for saying yeah. that. Um, but it wasn't just like, you know, the whole team got crushed when they didn't miss when they didn't make shots. And it just bled into it's so hard. Like you said, it's so hard to talk about anything in this game because it feels like everything stems from the missed threes because the missed threes led to the offense getting progressively worse because, you know, Luca was pressing a little bit in the second quarter. Uh, sorry, second half, not second quarter. Um, the missed threes fueled the Warriors to get some like easy runouts because they run a hell of a lot more than Phoenix and Utah, and I don't think the Mavericks were totally prepared to play a team that actually likes to push the ball, uh, you know, at every opportunity they can get. And, and then that forces your defense to get extended, and you're not set up in the half court, and you're chasing this Warriors off-ball frenetic offense in the half court after you've been chasing them in transition and you start getting tired and then you start making mental mistakes and you start giving up layups and like it just it felt like it all just cascaded like this was trickle down economics for yeah. freaking well uh, basketball and then there there are a few things that happened in the first quarter which really set the tone for sort of how the game would go number one um um their guy Kavon looney who's been a warrior for a real long time, probably one of the more underrated guys, got three offensive boards leading to six putback points when the Mavericks were actually still playing pretty good defense. And it's just, for as much as everybody likes Dwight Powell, he's a pretty horrendous rebounder. Um, and it's not, you know, I don't 
mean to kill the guy. This is just the thing that exists. Like Dwight Powell, Western Conference Finals starting center is a bizarre sentence. Um, so I'm trying not to be like too much of a hater on this, but that sort of stuff, the the 50-50 balls, a lot of them went the Warriors' way, and I felt like the Mavericks got outworked. So when that happened in the first quarter, they were getting – because overall in the entire game, the Warriors grabbed um, just – seven offensive yeah, rebounds seven. but they had a number in the first half that sort of broke dallas at the wrong moments and we've seen this happen breaking the mavericks way the other thing that i thought in the first quarter really surprised dallas was the pace and that the warriors really looked to kind of throttle it down their throats in a way that phoenix never did and utah certainly didn't yeah that fast break stuff that was just killer i don't think the you know the big thing that i saw early on was the mavericks were trying to hide luca on andrew wiggins um because if you look at the warriors starting lineup you're obviously not going to put him on steph um you're obviously not going to put him on looney uh you don't want to put him on clay because clay will you know you don't want luca running through a bunch of screens uh and then you don't want to put him on and draymond makes sense in in like uh in a vacuum because you're like well draymond doesn't like to shoot put him on draymond but Draymond is such a fulcrum for their offense and dribble handoffs and movement and stuff like that that I don't think you want Luca involved in that many offensive actions because Green is such an initiator sometimes mm-hmm. for them, like a trigger man. So you kind of have to put him on Wiggins. And man, I saw at least maybe two or three times in the first half, Wiggins, like, you know, the Mavericks missing a three and Wiggins, as soon as that shot goes up, just sprinting to the other end of the floor yep. and getting an easy run out, getting fouled or getting a layup. And the cross matching because Luca's being guarded by, I don't, you know, he's not being guarded necessarily by Wiggins on that possession. Uh, you know, sometimes he's being guarded by Green. Sometimes he's driving and getting help covered by by Looney rotating, and then Wiggins is gone. And and like Luca <laughs> leaking out in transition against Luca is a pretty smart thing to do because I mean, if he doesn't make the shot, there's a seventy percent chance that he's looking at a ref or he's slumping his shoulders or he's. He's jogging back on the on the defensive end, and man, that bit them a, a number of times in mm-hmm. the first half. And I think that kind of set the t- also set the tone for the game that the Mavericks. And you know, the key to that is either you know you get back or you just make shots, so it doesn't matter. And the Mavericks right. never made shots, and they never got back. And I sort of I sort of think that if they connect on a few more of these open threes in the first right. quarter, the game goes differently. Totally. And may and and it's it was just such a momentum based thing. The other thing that happened in the first half is Maxi Kleba, who is an extreme extremely important part of this team picked up three really stupid fouls like just like he he one was a like Luca was unbelievably sloppy with the ball tonight on his handle and one he picked up where Luca lost the ball and he fouls a guy at half court going for for fast break like give up those two points we need Maxi Kleber on the floor yeah for sure um yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, Draymond got that late. That or, or, did you? Were you just talking about the the Draymond one too? Like the in the fast break where Draymond got that layup. That one sucked. Like just let Draymond shoot the ball in, at the rim. Yeah, just if he's out, and then when he was playing, you know, he's such a rhythm guy, and mm-hmm. him getting jerked around with his minutes did not. I'm sure did not help with his shooting. He was one of four. Um, he didn't foul again for the rest of the game, which was nice. But I mean, that third quarter was such an avalanche; it didn't really yeah. matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. It didn't feel like the Maverick, you know, in, in the in against Utah and against Phoenix, you know, the Mavericks had that five out spacing. You know, even playing Powell ten to twelve minutes a game, you know, 
the Mavericks would still get to that five out offense and spread you out and, and, and make you look silly. That never really happened. Uh, you know, with Kleba only playing 19 minutes, they did try Dorian at the five for a little bit. I need to rewatch it and see how effective that was, but I don't remember it being super effective in the moment. But again, a lot of that is just they couldn't, they couldn't make any shots. Yeah. Uh, and if you're playing five out with Dorian at center, you're going to get a lot of threes, and they just well, couldn't make threes. So I, I wanted to say, speaking into like the small ball, like, to me, another big thing besides the missed threes, another big thing in this game is is Looney got to play 28 minutes and be positive force. This reminds me of the, the Clippers series. Like they have to treat Looney like Zubak, uh, Iveka Zubak, and he has to get played off the floor. If Looney's allowed to play 28 to 30 something minutes every game and is not a negative uh, effect for the Warriors, I mean that's that's bad. They have to change that somehow. They have to I mean, get Looney was, off the floor. Standing. Yeah, he was very good. There was never a moment where it looked like Looney was out of place. And when you consider what the Mavericks are trying to do with the five-out offense that they like to run for a lot of the game, that's just you're giving the Warriors a giant advantage there. And not to discredit Looney. He's a, he's a solid player, like you said. He's he's definitely underrated, I think. Yeah. Well, and this is where this is where like you got to be kind of specific with the criticism where Luca was doing Luca was his usage rate was probably off the charts in this game where he he was having a real hard time. I could see it. He he talks about when he knows when to drive based off of like you know how many he counts and figures out which backline defenders have been in the lane. He was having a real hard time with that tonight because the Warriors are just so lengthy yeah. and Looney. You know, Luca just didn't make anybody pay. And that's one of the few times I think I've seen this in a long time. And he's, you know, I, I trust that that he'll figure it out and, and kind of get it together. Um, the the other thing that is at least worth mentioning for me is I I need Jalen Brunson is such a confusing player sometimes. 14 points on 16 shots is just not going to do it. And I, I, I wrote this in the recap. Brunson being has has been quietly awful from three outside of game two in Utah, where he was six of 10 from the floor, remove those statistics. And he is 11 of 48 from three for the rest of the playoffs. Um, And two of those makes happened in the second half against um, Phoenix in game seven. And he is a good three point shooter. We've talked about this for two years. We want him to take shots. Kevon Looney was daring him to take threes. And he drives in for these longer twos. And it's it's just a math game. The Warriors are willing to win. And, you know, Brunson wasn't terrible. It's just if he's – they they need more from him. Like him I don't know. Go, Six to 16 is, is – it's pretty well, pretty yeah, bad. but he's like terrible, and it like the whole everybody was terrible. Yeah, everybody's not was a single terrible. starter. I mean, I technically Dwight Powell shot fifty percent. <laughs> the entire starting lineup shot, you know, just no, really, really poorly. Yeah, no one looked good. And you're right about Brunson. The thing about Brunson too is it's less about it's less about the makes. It's it's about the attempts. And you look at that game against Utah where he was six of ten, and then after that. Just a lot of 0 for 1s, like 1 for 3s. Uh, he averaged two in a, three attempts per game against Phoenix. He just needs, you know, 5 is actually a pretty decent number. I'm, I'm glad he got up 5, but he needs to be in that like 5 to 7 range consistently every game. And now, you know, he just needs to make them. And it is it is a bizarre 
it's a bizarre trend for him because he was such an outstanding shooter in college and he's shown flashes in the NBA of being an outstanding three-point shooter. Um, you know what? He was 37% this year, 40% last year. I mean, he's, I, there's not, I don't know what else to say. He just has, you know, this is just one of those weird games where, it, you know, we talk about make or miss league and Brunson really personified that tonight. He just has to make the shots that he's given and, and still be confident in taking them. Yep. Yep. Reggie Bullock was another one. It just, everyone was another one. <laughs> yeah. It's like you go, well, I mean, the secretly yeah. the worst player in the game was Mac was Dorian Finney Smith who I, 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 I don't, I'm trying to like be, I'm trying to be critical and I want people to understand that I think Dorian has probably been the third most important Maverick for most of the season behind Luca and behind Brunson. So it's like compared to what I used to think about Finney Smith, this criticism comes with understanding of how important he is to the team. He looked lost from the opening tip. He has always been a guy that I get got a little frustrated with in previous seasons for how the Mavericks used him defensively. Watching him tonight be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and he, he there was one turnover in the in the third quarter. Like you you tweeted our like, here, what happened? The Mavericks had the ball on an out of bounds play, and then they just didn't have it. It was because Dorian threw it to no one, thinking that Jalen Brunson was was um was looking for it, and it's like. I'm just not used to those kind of Dorian mental miscues. And this game had a ton of them. He, he bulldozed Steph Curry for no reason on a fast break two on one opportunity where all he needed to do was get out of the way. Like, yeah, those things don't matter in a, in a 25 point loss or whatever the heck the Mavericks got beat by. It's not the, it's just like, there were so many little mistakes on top of bigger picture issues that this was just a really painful game to watch. Yeah. And Dorian, this is going to be a tough series for him um, because with the way the Warriors play on offense and so much of their offense is off ball cutting and screening and movement. uh, And they do use the pick and roll, but it's just different the way they use, you know, they're not using the pick and roll necessarily. Yeah to to score or get a, a direct kick out three they're just using it to keep their guys moving and in motion and keep keep the ball swinging around to get paint touches while you know some other guys are are doing off ball action and screening and cutting on the other side of the floor and dorian you know he's such a good he's been such a good point of attack defender uh an isolation defender in these playoffs what he's done to donovan mitchell what he's done to you know chris paul and devin booker and the Warriors just don't do that stuff. And they're going to run Dorian through a bunch of screens. And Dorian is like a six, seven, six, eight, big perimeter guy. And those are not necessarily the guys you want trying to avoid getting screened because it's just hard for the bigger you are, the harder it's a, it is to just get around screens. And that's, again, not mm-hmm. a knock against Dorian. It's just, it's just going to be a difficult series for him to make an impact on defense. That's not saying, I'm not saying he's not one game. I'm just saying that's what we saw tonight, and it's something that the Mavericks are going to have to adjust uh, a little bit more. And really, the adjustment is they just need to switch more so that Dorian's not fighting through these screens and, and trust the switching. It's really difficult. You know, you have to be on it with your communication all the time because there, there's so many much switching you're going to have to do. But the alternative of watching these guys, you know, slamming into Looney and Green on, on screens and getting behind guys and watching these backdoor cuts and layups and stuff happen, it was just – it was painful, and you talked about Brunson's shooting slump. 
uh, quietly, Dorian, since Dorian went eight of 12 from three against the Suns in game four. So the last three games against the Suns and this game one against the Warriors, he is five of 14 from three. And he has been under, he has not scored double digit points since that game four. He's at eight points in game five, four points in game six, five points in game seven, and now five points in game one against the Warriors. And the Mavericks were able to compensate that in the last two games against the Suns because Luka went crazy, Brunson went crazy, and Dinwiddie went crazy, and Bullock's been pretty steady, yeah. and Maxi's been. But you know, it's just the the Mavericks for so long have been if one of their role guys doesn't like, there's someone's been popping like seemingly every playoff game. Dorian had that great game four. Uh, Maxi had that great game against the Jazz. Dinwiddie had an amazing game seven. Brunson had, uh, you know, has had some good games. Like a, one of these role guys always seems to pop if, if another one struggles. And tonight, none of them did. I mean, and the shooting just kind of reflects that. Uh, Kirk, have you seen the uh, shot chart for the Mavericks? Doyle, no, uh, I, tweeted I have it a, out. You need to see it. I struggle. Where is it? I struggle finding this <laughs> stuff after games when I'm trying to complete like nine things at once, even though I should know where it is. Uh, I'm going to, this is great audio, but I'm sending it to you, uh, in Slack as a direct message. Cause you just need to go. see it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me, like I, I already, I, I've got some thoughts just reacting to it for the first time. Tell me, tell me what sticks out to you. What's a number that, that really sticks out to you. Oh gosh. I'm not trying I to like quiz the you. The fact that curious. they took 36 threes above <laughs> the break. <laughs> yeah. And made nine. And made nine. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the paint. Look at the rim, and look at the non-rim in the paint oh, yeah. shots. They, and really, they didn't even shoot that well at the non-rim, like kind of restricted paint area. No, I mean, but the they took they, they took twenty-three shots. shots that yeah. not at the rim, but in the paint. That's so many. Yeah. Oh, that's so many. Uh, and only six shots at the rim. Seven percent of their total shots were at the rim. That's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they never really yeah. get to the rim. Like, that's no, I know, I know, the, I know. And Luca and Brunson like live in this mid-range kind of sweet spot area, and that was where like Lu- like Luca was just met as the game went on with more and more bodies because I don't know they're going to have to work in some additional cutting. They they've really yeah. gotten away from from cutting as the season's worn on, and I get it. It's 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 a thing. I don't know. It you know yeah. it, it is just one game, but then there's like other elements of what you look at and. You know, Curry's had kind of a lackluster postseason. He really got going tonight. Clay Thompson looked washed, and then the Mavericks gave him layups. And it's right. just like, what are we doing? You know? And that to me is just the result of like the first half where they just felt like they were chasing Golden State on all these mm-hmm. fast breaks. And then the second half, they just. The thing about the Warriors is if they're getting fast breaks and transition and getting out in transition, that's bad because their half court is going to wear you out just as equally with their mm-hmm. movement. And it just felt like in the in the third quarter, they just, they ran out of gas because there, there were so many blown, blown plays and miscoverages that were just like, I mean, we're talking like elementary, like give ups on, on the defensive end, just because the Warriors just keep, chipping away at you until you break yeah uh, and they broke in, the damn broke in the third quarter yeah the, sure. the the help the helper and like help yes. recovery things that the mavericks have been good at all year yes the warriors really stretch that sort of element to its breaking point because they just work things until they get the right shot 
and so many cuts and so and it's just it's very different and and they're gonna have their work cut out for them i i don't it's minor stuff but like i don't understand how you're trailing clay thompson on a curl like there's no hedge where the guy set like the guy guarding the screener doesn't bump clay at all like there's not and i mean and that goes back to like you know I think on that clay layup you're talking about in the third quarter, Luca kind of just stood and, and watched it at the rim. He was at the rim. I don't know who he was guarding, but he just kind of stood and watched it and, you know, kind of kind of put his head down afterward. And again, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I don't want to get too much into it on Luca specifically. Cause like you said, everyone was bad uh, and everyone kind of had bad body language and you're never going to win an NBA game. If you shoot 11 of 48 from three, like you're just, it's not going to happen, but Luca is the leader and that stuff cascades down. Like, you know, he sets the example for the rest of his team. Like they look up to him for setting the example of how they're going to play this game and, and setting the tone and, and establishing things. And, you know, when I feel like when Luca's like that, it kind of snowballs on them a little bit. Right. I don't know if right. that's fair or not, but that's just, I mean, I'm just, I'm watching, that's why I'm watching the game and that's what I'm seeing. And again, that's not me trying to say Luca lost this, their, this no, game. No. That, just, just something I, I noticed when these, in the, cause I mean, every game is, they haven't had a clutch game yet. And so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about some of these things. Hundred percent. That's where it's like when people get pissy with us when you note these sorts of things. It's like, all right, like we're not saying he's the root problem. It's just when you look at these sort of things. Me saying, okay, Reggie Bullock, you need to hit the open three. Duh. Pretty simple. Like, but okay, what are things Luca? What are things that that Luca can do different? What are the things that the Mavericks offense can do to get Luca different looks? Like he had the ball above the break. I don't think he got a single post touch. For example, I don't remember any. Do you? I remember him trying to post up a couple times, but he never got into the paint with them. Yeah. And so it's, you know, things like that. Like that's in it, you know, there's just more variety of things you can talk about with Luca. So it, it kind of what comes with that is a little bit more criticism. And sometimes people just really don't like it. I mean, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I okay. still feel, I don't think this changes how I felt. I picked Mavs in six and I don't think this changes anything yet. Um, because I need to see a game. I mean, if they shoot 11 of 48 from three, you know, they're not going to win this series. So let's see what they look like if they don't miss all their open shots in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, and if they can do that, you know, I, I expect much, much better things. Cause that's just going to help everything. That's going to help their defense. It's going to help their energy level. It's going to help uh, just across the board. So let's see, you know, it sounds stupid, but they just need to make their shots in game two. And then we can kind of, go from there yeah all right well we'll probably have some writing and some post-game stuff you know just kind of the i want to say the usual but it shouldn't be the usual <laughs> we're all tired um i'll probably go do a shorter green room i don't know i'm gonna be interested to see whether people are mad or not um and then we'll go from there cool sounds good yeah we'll be back i won't be right. back <laughs> you won't be back friday that's right we need to tell the whole staff that i will be back <laughs> friday night with some other things going on maybe we will hear from you Sunday, but you may be traveling. Oh, I'll um, be back Sunday. I'll be, I get into Dallas at like eight 30 in the morning. Oh, okay. So flight. yeah. So you're, I mean, so you're missing be, a game and, I know, I'll be right. and you, you probably won't even miss it. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> the wedding, the wedding's on a Saturday. So Friday night after the rehearsal dinner is free. So I'm definitely going to be watching it. 
and we're on the east coast so it'll like ah so you get to experience my hell (laughs) yeah but but that means everything we'll be doing will be done with by the time the game starts so we're definitely gonna watch it all right dude you have a good night everybody else will you hope you have a better thursday and i'll be back friday and we'll talk then guys have a good rest of your week Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.